everyone, and welcome to MCU TV, episode 51, where we'll be talking about Miss Marvel episode 5. This is being recorded on July 18th, 2022. Um, before we get started on everything, I'm just going to do some of the announcements. So just a reminder that MCU TV is part of the Random Chatter Network. You can find us on uh, YouTube, you can find our store merch on TeePublic, and um, get our membership through Patreon. Clearly I'm not so good at doing the network stuff, but um, this is my first solo uh, recording, so hopefully it won't go so bad. Um, but with that, we'll just quickly get into it because there's a lot to talk about. Um, for episode 5, and I'm really hoping that we can get everything covered in a timely way. As I mentioned, it is just me today, um, no John, and uh, Tim and Lizzie were busy, so didn't have any replacement or substitute with me, so it's just me by myself. Um, we'll see how this goes, and uh, like I said, hopefully I won't go over, because there is a lot to talk about. So for episode 5, what I wanted to talk about was kind of a, a major recap, but also intertwining it with other things or important information about Pakistani culture, about Pakistan in general, the partition, all of that. So we start off with our with our episode, episode five, uh, which was titled Time and Again. So we see um, Aisha which is Kamala's great-grandmother. Sorry, having moments here. It's going to take a while to get used to not having somebody else to bounce ideas off of or talk to. Uh, but we see Kamala's great-grandmother, Aisha. She's in Pakistan. We get to see their story, hers and Hassan, Kamala's great-grandfather, and her grandmother, Sana. We get to see what happens or how they were living their life before the partition or before things got really bad during the partition. Um, we get to see Aisha and Hassan meeting for the first time, which I don't know about all of you, but I thought was absolutely adorable. Um, this episode, we finally got to see Fawad Khan, who is one of my favorite Pakistani actors. I have not seen everything that he has been in, but I have seen a few movies here and there, and everything that I've seen him in, I absolutely loved. So I was really excited when I heard that he was going to be part of this series, and I'd been waiting for since the first episode to see when he was going to come in and somebody was somebody had told me oh well i think fawad khan is going to play the grandfather and i was like fawad khan is so young how can he play the grandfather or great-grandfather and then i think around episode four or three or four when we kind of got to see when we saw that especially when we saw that kamala went back kind of in time to pakistan where before the partition, I went, oh, she's probably going to meet her great-grandfather when he was younger, so that made sense. But I was really excited. So I spent a lot of the time, when when he came up on screen, I was, like, freaking out. And then I was watching it with my mom later on, and at one point, um, she goes, oh, where is Fawad Khan? Is he going to be in this episode? I'm like, oh, just wait, because I'd already seen it beforehand. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. And then as soon as they get to him and they show him, she goes, oh, there he is. And I'm like, I know. And I was really excited. So, um, you know, really excited to see him on there. Fantastic actor. 
Um, I love how he was able to play such a sweet, kind, and very soft-spoken man, even though he was, really, maybe not soft-spoken, but even though he was very, very involved with the partition, very vocal about saying, you know, that, you know, Pakistan and, sorry, Muslims and Hindus are one, they should all be treated as one, they shouldn't have to live in different spots and, and things like that, and there shouldn't be any, any strife between the two uh, cultures, uh, sorry, religions. Um, he's, we still got to see a softer side to him. You know, he was reciting poetry. He appreciated um, Aisha's singing. And he was really lovely with, with his daughter. So we don't get to see a lot of that with a lot of Pakistani male leads. Um, usually they're, you know, playing the nerdy type or, you know, they're all about math and science and arts and creativity is not something they tend to focus on a lot. Um, so it was nice to see that here. With, with Hassan being able to see and show his softer side. He was a, a flower farmer or raised roses. And he was, you know, he, he loved his roses just as much as he loved Aisha. So it was really nice to see that kind of a, a different take on a lot of Pakistani or even South Asian men in general. Um, I, another thing that was I found really important about Fuad Khan, Fuad Khan is an actor that is, he's very... Um, He's also Muslim, so there's a lot of things he won't do. For example, like a lot of the kissing scenes he doesn't do and that kind of stuff. He's very um, modest in, in how he acts. And everybody in Bollywood, because he's been in Bollywood, he's been in Pakistani dramas, but a lot of the stuff he's been in was Bollywood. Um, but a lot of the Bollywood stuff that he's been in, they respected that decision. They never forced him to do anything that he wasn't comfortable with, and they worked around that. So seeing Fuad Khan, seeing his acting style... I know when I was younger, I wanted to be, like, I loved acting. I would have loved to be an actor, but I figured I'm Muslim. There's a lot of this stuff that I would feel uncomfortable doing on, on screen. And I never saw anybody who was also like me in that way. So I just always figured it was not something for me. I'd never be able to do it. And there was no point. Um, but seeing Fawad Khan and now seeing him in the MCU and still being able to respect his values made me go, oh, well, you know what? Maybe there is a place. Maybe this is something that I could do. Um, so who knows? Maybe I will, you know, look into acting as well. Um, but it was just, it's something nice that I, I like seeing about him. Moving on from Fawad Khan, uh, we do get to see the partition. And I know that some people were, were kind of saying that it was it was tough to see, especially in an MCU movie when you're expecting kind of a lot of um, you know, just action. It's more about the characters and all that kind of thing. Um, but I loved that they showed the the partition. It's not something we get to see, and I've been saying this a lot, we don't get to see in mainstream media. The only time I've heard mention of the partition or, you know, any kind of mention about it has been in Doctor Who, and that's the first time that I'd seen them talk about it. Otherwise, it's not something they you know, usually bring up. It is part of Kamala's history, and thus it's part of, and part of every South Asian history. And for Kamala specifically, um, well, actually for all South Asians, we're all still dealing with a lot of the fallout from the partition. And I think that there's a lot of things that we don't really realize just on day-to-day -day things. So the fact that they brought it up was was really was really important and, and really awesome. Um, 
the other thing is, um, oh yeah, sorry. Um, uh, the, it was a big moment to see on screen. I, like I said, I've been watching the series with my mom and every time we, or the episode four, when they brought up the partition, my mom kind of talked about, um, family members or people that had lost loved ones or loved ones completely disappearing and never being heard from again during that time. Um, so I thought it was something that was kind of important to see. Um, as well, Gamala kind of, she, she, it's pretty much like she's having an identity crisis really, or just being able to fit in places. She doesn't fit in really with North American culture and she doesn't fit in with, with Pakistani culture either. So it's, um, I think it was really important for her to go back, um, growing up, I mean, being Muslim in Pakistani and growing up in North America, sometimes you feel a little bit embarrassed by your culture. Um, I know it's not something to be embarrassed about, but and you try not to be. But, you know, there's little things that people will say or ask that will make you feel a little weird about it. Like when I was younger, you know, people saying, oh, the food smells funny. Or, you know, why are you drawing on your hands with marker when you're just putting on henna on your hands or Mendy? Um, and it's not something you see as much now but when I was a kid it was something that was everywhere people would always comment something and it, it was never in a mean way it was just out of curiosity but the way that it was said it just always made me feel oh okay well maybe this is something I should be embarrassed about um I loved Bollywood music I, I listened to it in my car every so often um you know depending on my mood um but even when I'm listening to Bollywood music to this day, I still kind of lower it down because I'm like, oh, somebody's going to hear me and, and hear this and go, oh, well, that's weird. Why are you listening to that? That's not like the mainstream cool, you know, music that is out there. So, um, you know, for to see Kamala get a chance to kind of connect to her roots and understand herself better, I thought was huge, not just to, uh, you know, just Pakistanis in general or South Asians in general, but for Kamala's character. And I'm so glad they gave her that opportunity and by extension kind of gave us the rest, uh, kind of gave the rest of us South Asians that moment as well to reconnect with your roots, to be proud of where you came from and who you are and learn from it and, you know, kind of be more understanding of the people that came before us and what they had to go through. Um, so it's, inter it's interesting, um, just kind of going back um, to just kind of fast forwarding a little bit. Um, it's interesting that uh, Najma is able to transfer because we see after the whole partition thing, um, Kamala goes, you know, goes through, helps her nani, Sana, get back to her dad. And once that has been resolved, and so kind of Kamala goes, oh, the following the stars thing, that was me. I'm the one who helped my grandma get to her dad, uh, get to, to, to Hassan. We see Kamala go back to the present and, you know, the veil is open and Kamala's kind of warning Najma, you know, be careful. It could destroy things. It, it could be problematic. Please don't do that. But Najma is like, no, I, I, I want to be able to do this. So, to be fair, she just she wants to close it and help out after that's all done and over with um, because she realizes that Kamala is right and that it could cause damage. So and she doesn't want to hurt Gamran either, even though she had left him behind. Um, so she eventually just goes, you know what, that's fine. I'm, I'm the only one that can close the veil. And she goes over to the veil to kind of go close it. And as she's doing so, she ends up saying Kamran's name. 
and it seems that all of her powers or the powers from somewhere gets transferred to Gamron. I'm not sure again if it's her powers or if it's something from the veil or if she had that connection and it's allowing him to unlock his powers. No idea. But I do hope that they explore that in the future at some point because I think it's important to, to Gamron's character. And I would assume it would be something very confusing for him because we don't, you know, we already see him with Bruno kind of being like, you know, trying to figure out out whatever is going on um, at least and Bruno himself is like you have powers now too so I'm hoping that they explored that at some point. Um, I also love how um, when Muniba auntie and Nani find out about Kamala's powers um, they aren't they aren't really upset they don't yell at um, Kamala they're not like oh my gosh you're what is happening what are you doing they do ask those questions but they kind of are accepting of it and it shows really how close the family has gotten over time and I know in at the beginning of the series Maniba was really worried we, we see her even with um, Yusuf uncles saying that you know oh we don't trust you and Yusuf uncles like no no we, we trust you but we don't you know she kind of doesn't trust Kamala but I guess seeing her because she does see a little bit of her you know fighting and, and doing what she's doing even in that moment, Maniba Auntie kind of goes, ah, okay, maybe she can handle this, or I do trust her. Um, you can kind of see her, her feeling those feelings. Um, but it does show that how close that they have become and how the trip and just talking to each other has really helped all three of the women of the Han household. So um, Maniba Auntie, Nani, and Kamala, they all have gotten, you know, there's a lot of things that they were holding on to like Kamala is still young. So she was holding on a few things and resenting her mother for a few things. And Muniba auntie was definitely holding some resentment to, to her mom. But, you know, Nani had gone through a lot of, a lot of things. Partition is difficult. Like she says, trying to figure out her identity, it's still something she struggles with and is doing now. So it's hard while you're struggling with that. And then trying to raise a child, it, can be tough because you're trying to figure it all out um and I kind of find that or I kind of feel that that whole relationship the whole relationship with Nani, Munibanti and Kamala is very indicative of you know my own relationship with my mom and my parents because the more the older I get because when I was younger I just thought you know my parents are trying to you know I'm not allowed to do all the things that everybody else is doing they just don't want me to you know, go out and have fun. Not that I was going to do much. It was just, you know, if I wanted to go to the movies on a weeknight, I couldn't because I had to study. Um, if I wanted to hang out with friends, I had to be careful or I had to, wouldn't be able to because it was a weeknight and I had schoolwork to take care of. So, you know, I always thought, oh, it's my parents just being, you know, just being difficult and they don't want me to have fun and all that kind of stuff. But as I got older, I realized it was their way of kind of trying to keep their Pakistani identity, trying to be Muslim in North America, where everything is kind of different than the, what they've grown up to, uh, grown up with. So it's it's not easy, especially when you come to a place where you don't know a lot of people. Like my parents were very lucky that when they came here um, to Canada, they got to meet other Pakistani members of the community. And we became very close and I'm still friends with a lot of the, I'm still friends with the kids that I grew up with that my parents first met when they got here. Um, but 
they, we formed our own little community here. We hung out, did activities and events and, and stuff like that so that we could learn our culture, also do you know, Muslim things, but also get to know the community better. Um, my parents were very lucky that they had that when they, when they got here. I don't think my dad, my dad came to university, uh, did university here in Canada, um, and then married my mom. My mom came here after she was married, but my dad had to, you know, make his own friends here, you know, figure out his own, his own self, his own identity here, but he was far away from his family, friends, anybody else that he had grown up with. So... Again, we were very lucky that when we moved to the, the town that I'm in now, we got to make, my parents made friends with other people, with other families, with other kids, and they had that support growing up. Like, we had that support um, as I was growing up. Um, so kind of being able to talk to my parents now and get to know what they went through or what what they had what happened when they got here or what they were going through as they got here. It, it really helps you to understand them better and understand and be understanding of the decisions that they had to make because everyone will tell you this, that parents, adults really in general, don't actually know what they're doing. We all assume as children, our parents know exactly what they're doing, that they have all the answers and that, you know, they're, they literally know everything. But as we get older, we realize, you know what, they're just, they're just figuring things out, just like we're figuring things out, that they don't have a manual that tells them everything or how to deal with everything. They just use information that they knew, you know, they, they know what they, they teach what they know kind of situation. So whatever their parents taught them, if they didn't like something, they would go, okay, I'm not going to do that with my kids and they'll try to do better. Um, and sometimes, you know, their better isn't the best. And, and that's okay. They're, they're like I said, they're, we're all learning, um, but I did like that they showed that with Munibanti, Nani, and Kamala when they see that she got, got her powers and how being together, talking to each other really helped their relationship. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know we still have arguments and things like that. I have arguments with my parents, but I think we're getting better um, at understanding each other, and I think that that moment really perfectly shows shows all of that. Um also, um, everyone gets to, uh, just a random nitpick here, I guess, um, but it was just funny how everyone got to Kamala so quickly, um, from Aisha, Nani, Najma and the clandestines, sorry, um, not Aisha, um, Najma and the clandestines, to Maniva, Auntie, and Nani, they all got really quickly to Kamala for some reason, and I know Najma and the clandestines have powers, so maybe they use their powers to get to Kamala really quickly. We don't see that. Um, but even being able to find her, I'm assuming that they used or they sensed the Noor coming off of Kamala and, you know, got to her in that way. Um, but if you've ever been to Karachi, if you've ever been to Pakistan in general, it's a very busy place um, trying to get even like a taxi or a rickshaw to get you to certain areas. It's, it's not easy and it's always crowded. There's a lot of you know, there's a lot of traffic. Um, so the fact that Najma and the clandestines got there really quickly, just, they must have used some kind of magic. The one that kind of makes me scratch my head even more is Maniba, Auntie, and Nani. I mean, yes, they were already in Pakistan, but again, trying to get any kind of transportation can be very difficult in Karachi, and it's very a very busy place. So 
to be able to get there that quickly. And I know they use the find my phone feature for Kamala to find her, but I mean, I'm sure that there are areas that might not have great reception. Um, and we don't know if the veil kind of messes up or when the veil was opened or when, first of all, when Kamala goes back in time, you know, does her phone even work during that time? Like, you know, it's just, there would be no reception. So how would, how would they know where she, she was kind of thing? Um, but yeah, the nitpicking thing, it didn't, it didn't ruin my, my experience with this episode. Um, I'm sure it's just TV magic and all that, but I just had to ask it because it was just something that was, I thought was quite funny that we don't really get an answer to it. And maybe we'll get an answer to it at some point in the future. Maybe we won't. I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, we see at the end of this episode, so like I said, I've kind of rushed through things a little quickly for episode five, but at the end of the episode, we see Gamran going to Bruno, um, and I thought Gamran finally finding out that Bruno's name was not Brian, um, and that he'd been saying the name wrong the whole time was kind of hilarious, and a flip on kind of what it felt, what I felt like as a kid, and what a lot of immigrant kids feel like. Um, our names are usually not ones that are considered like North American, quote unquote, North American names. Um, like my first name is Sheba. It's usually pretty easy to pronounce. It's she and then Ba. But there will always be people who will say like Sheba, um, you know, instead of Sheba, that kind of thing. Um, if they don't hear my name properly, I've, I've gotten people confuse me for Sheila, Shelby, Shiva, like S-H-I-V, like Victor A, like that, um, like the Hindu goddess. Um, they, yeah, they, they always mishear my name. I've worked in customer service. I've, um, you know, worked as a lunchroom supervisor at, in high school. Um, you know, so it, my name has always been mispronounced. I literally have to go, yes, like the queen. And they're like, I'm like, like the queen of Shiva. And they're like, oh, the queen. Why didn't you just say that? And I was like, because I always feel bad using that as an example, because I don't want people to go, oh, well, you think you're a queen now? And I'm like, no, it's just the easiest way for people to hear my name, because that's something that they know. Um, as with the, with the lunchroom supervising thing, um, I work in, I worked, like I said, in high school, and they would have to call us down to pay our checks. So I was in high school, and it was just an extra little part-time thing that they would uh, allowed us to do at the school. So they would call me down to give me my check, at the end of the week and they would call me down and everyone else that used their first and last name call them down for me they would just they, the first time at least it happened they called my first name and then struggled to say my last name and all i heard was eh, eh, uh, and then they just went and sheba come down to the office so i went down to the office and when i got there i was like listen my name is hard to pronounce i know but you know what just say my first name i'm pretty sure like i'm 90 percent sure that i'm the only sheba in this entire school so if you just call down Sheba, nobody else will come down but me. So, you know, you don't have to say my last name. And they were like, okay, sure. Um, after that, they just used my first name and did not use my last name. Um, but it's something that I still struggle with because my last name is a complicated, well, complicated for some people to pronounce. And I'm a teacher and I use my last name all the time. So, you know, my students either just say Miss A, they don't use my full last name but I did talk to my students this year because I have a lot of South Asian students. And I'm like, all of you should be able to pronounce my name. I can pronounce all of your first and last names. I know you can pronounce mine. So I told them how it's actually pronounced. All of them are like, that's so easy. And I'm like, I know that's easy for you. 
because these are ways that we've heard words pronounced like rolling the R's or just having a specific accent. So for them, it was pretty straightforward after that. But it's just something that I thought was funny in this um, in this series because, you know, um, it, it happens quite often. And to have Gamran, first of all, Gamran, nobody pronounced Gamran's name incorrectly, which I thought was amazing. And the fact that Gamran mispronounced Bruno's name was, I thought, was hilarious and a funny flip on that. Um, so, yeah, just thought it was really interesting that they had that and they brought that up instead of, you know, having, you know, Bruno mispronouncing Gamran's name or any of the other characters mispronouncing his name. Um, I I really appreciate that we got to see Bruno and Gamran. I kind of, I, I liked that relationship. Um, you know, even though we can, we can't, I can kind of get a feeling that Bruno is a little bit jealous of Gamran and Kamala's relationship. I don't know if anybody else is getting that vibe. I'm sure everybody else is, but definitely been feeling that. Um, but the fact that Gamran is, you know, he's he's not like a stuck-up person. He's not rude or disrespectful at all towards, you know, Bruno, Nakia, uh, Nakia Kamala, or anybody else, even though he is probably one of the more popular characters or popular people at the school which again is also interesting because a lot of times the Pakistani or South Asian kids at school aren't usually the most popular they're usually considered the nerdy kind the nerdy type or you know they're just kind of in the background especially in shows not maybe not in real life but in shows and movies they're considered the best friend the background character Somebody that just comes in is and is awkward, especially for the male South Asian leads or South Asian characters. They're usually just made fun of or made to seem nerdy or dorky or just weird and awkward. So it was nice to see that Gamran does not get that same treatment. He gets to be a full fleshed out character. He gets to be, you know, he gets to be his, he gets to be awesome. He gets to be a superhero. Um, he gets his moment. And I really appreciate that they've done that. We also get to see, you know, um, a dagger as well. Another, you know, South Asian character that, you know, we don't, we don't get to see a lot of South Asian characters being the superheroes or, you know, being cool superheroes, just, you know, Kingo, Kingo was a, a cool superhero and I'm glad we got him as well. Um, Camille and Johnny, I'm so grateful that, you know, they gave him that role and that he's part of the MCU as well. Um, but, we don't get to see that often and it's nice to have Gamran and even Kareem being in Miss Marvel and in the MCU because they're great characters and we're more South Asians are more than just the nerdy weird awkward person at the school um and I really appreciate those that you know those groups or people that have come before us that have paved the way for something like the show to be in existence um but yeah i'm this is just my review of episode five i know i did rush through quite a few things um i just kind of tried to do some of the highlights and keep it really brief um because i feel episode six there's a, a lot to talk about and i was going to do them all together but it would probably end up being like an hour or more so i split it up to make it a little bit easier for people to digest i guess and this was this was a really, it was a really 
rough, tough episode for some for some people. Episode six has some moments as well, but episode five was one where people were not expecting to see all of that. Um, I feel it was necessary to Kamala's background to her identity for her to figure out who she is, for her to become a better superhero. Um, it's something that I wish I we all had the opportunity to go back in time to see our ancestors, great-grandparents, talk to them, ask them questions, maybe help them out with things. Um, you know, I, I know that both my, both sets of my grandparents, so my mom's side, my nani and nana, and then my dad's side, my daddy and dada, passed away years ago. My grandma passed away, my mom's, my nani passed away in 2018, 2018. And, uh, you know, it was, that was rough because I was really close with my nani. Um, and similar to how Kamala is with her nani, my nani really understood me. And there were times where my mom and I would get into arguments and she just wouldn't understand. And sometimes I would call my grandma and just be like, I, I called my grandma Amana and I'd say, Amana, you know, mom doesn't understand me. This is going on. And my, my nani was very wonderful. She would kind of go, you know, I'm not getting involved. I will listen and I will hear what you have to say and I will let you say what you need to say, but I'm not going to, you know, get involved kind of thing because it's between you and your mom, which I thought was very sweet. So I would, I had, it was like a safe space for me to talk to and share my feelings. So, um, you know, it was, it was, it, she was lovely. Um, and she was always the person that would tell me like, oh, you're so much like me. We're very similar, uh, that kind of thing. And, you know, sometimes I felt like my mom didn't understand me, but I felt like my nani did. So I really felt that relationship between Kamala and her nani and even her relationship with her mom and how it was at the beginning. Now my mom and I, you know, we, like I said, we still have arguments, uh, but we do get along better than we used to. And I really saw myself in this whole episode, in all episode four and episode five, um, just because my mom and my grandma would kind of, you know, they would be at odds with each other and they would, you know, have arguments together kind of thing. And I would, you know, my grandma and I would be kind of siding together and my mom and my sister were kind of, you know, siding together whenever there would be arguments. So um, it would always feel, it would always feel like, you know, there were, there were things that we needed to work out. Not that we would be like, you know, days or anything like that. It would just be like a day we'd have an argument and that was it. But I really felt that relationship and I really... I really do. There's so many things in this show that I relate to and I feel how Kamala feels or at some point had felt. Um, it's the reason why I love this character so much to begin with, but I feel like the MCU has done a great job with taking the source material and making it even better. I was really worried that that might not happen, um, but at least up until episode, you know, what we've seen so far, because... You know, even though I have seen episode six now at the time of this recording, because it is a delayed recording, um, at this point in time, I really loved that representation. Um, but that being said, I will, we will sign off for this episode and then we will start episode six shortly and uh, there'll be a lot more to discuss there. I hope you all have a great weekend or great day, depending on when you listen to this. And I will see you all in the next episode.